best, folks. Uh, it's Thursday. I'm Fred McMurray. It's 2 p.m. Pacific, which means this has to be, thankfully. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pillars of Franchising. And as Kristen likes to say, it is Friday Eve. Um, and mentioning Kristen, she's not here today. She is in mom mode doing baseball with her boys all weekend. So good luck in the heat to her. Fun times for her, I'm sure. Um, but we had a great show for you today. Uh, but first, we want to mention um, Andrea Mundy, one of our regular contributors has a birthday today. So we wanted to make sure to say happy birthday to Andrea Monday. Hope you're having a great day. Um, also, if you have questions during the show, we've got a great guest on today, Eric Morales from Career Plug. If you've got questions for him, if you've got questions for Jerry after that, Karen and Ray, um, our call-in number is 323-580-5755. So don't hesitate to give us a call and we will do our best to answer your questions. Um, quick intro today. We're not doing an official word on the street. Uh, Jerry's got some political information that's going to affect small businesses, so stay tuned for his segment. Um, but right now, we've got Eric Morales from Career Plug. Welcome, Eric. Great to uh, be here. Good, good. How are you doing today? Well, fantastic. fantastic. Uh, I, I want to welcome Eric. Uh, he is the Partnership Account Executive Manager at Career Plug. He started at Career Plug in 2012 and has helped thousands of franchisees with their hiring needs. He's passionate about connecting with franchisees to help solve the, 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 the biggest challenge attracting and hiring great people. He has worked with franchises across several industries such as home, home health, home services, automotive, insurance, fitness, and many others. Lastly, you can find Eric trying out new restaurants with his wife and daughter in his hometown of Austin, Texas. But you, you can't find him. You can't find him. He is most likely at Barton Springs having a cold swim. That sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, it does. Hey, you've got some, some some fun places to go to in Austin. One of my favorite one of my favorite places for sure. We should yeah. do. Yeah. So, Eric, we'd love to find out first of all if you can give us a little bit of an overview of Career Plug and kind of you know you know how it works. I mean, you know, for all of us here, hiring it's like one of our one of our um, most talked about topics. It is such a pain right now for so many people. So we'd love to find out a little bit more about kind of what, you know, kind of what you do and what this software does and, you know, just an overview of your services. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to share about that. And, and thanks for, thanks for having me here. Uh, so, you know, I have been with Career Plug uh, for almost a decade now, right? So uh, we were founded in 2007 here, here in Austin, Texas is where I'm at now. Uh, we have over 15,000 clients, so franchisees using our, our, our system. And so basically we partner with over 270 networks. Um, and our main focus here is to make hiring easier, right? And to really just help with the biggest challenge. Um, and we, we're, we're a small team, but we've grown a lot uh, since the pandemic. Um, but like I said, our focus is to really help uh, just employers to find great people. Uh, so overall, that, that's our mission. Uh, so we do that in, in several ways, right? Uh, you know, first off, it's just like, I hear this all the time. It's like, how do I, how do I stand out? How, how do I find great applicants, right? Um, so definitely what you want to do is that, that's the first part of it, right? Uh, you, you want to have a system in place, right? You want to have a system that's going to help you, a software like Career Plug. Uh, and why do you want to do that? Well, number one, the, the biggest challenge right now is that it's a, it's a tough market, right? It's a job seekers market right now. There's too many job opportunities and not enough applicants to fill them. 
It's still that way right now. That's a big challenge, right? So it's very competitive out there. So before the pandemic uh, and, and where we are now, there's 50% more jobs out there that still need to be filled. So if, if every applicant today found a job, there still would be a surplus of jobs that need to be filled, right? So what do you do, right? How do you compete? Uh, and like I said, you need a software, you need a, you need a system, and you need a process, and that's what we do, right? So we provide um, a hiring software that just will streamline your process, you know, really get you out everywhere, make it easy for these uh, candidates to find you, and we help you with uh, attracting them to apply and then providing a great experience so you can hire the right person faster. You know, it's interesting. I was taking a look at your website and doing a little bit of research, and uh, this is, again, one of my favorite topics. And what I, what I love about this is that you said it was really created for, like, non-HR people, you know, because for those of us non-HR people <laughs> that are out there hiring, and uh, it, it's holistic. I mean, it's everything from, right, from, from um, helping people with the templates, providing templates, making it easy for all of us business owners because we're busy. So making it a little bit easier and having that system in place, and it looked like it was like end-to-end, um, right? All the way, very comprehensive. Yep, end-to-end. And that's what we do. That's how we're different, right? We're easy to do business with, and our product's easy to use, right? Hiring is difficult, right? So we need to make it easy for you. And, yeah, you made a good point. It's like most of our clients, they're not HR people. You know, they're mostly the business owner, right? They're wearing many hats. And uh, hiring can be very time-consuming, right? It can be very costly, especially if you're the one that's doing it, uh, uh, you know, all by yourself. So, yeah, the system has to be easy to use. And uh, you don't have to be an HR professional, right? You just need to know how to log in and click buttons. It's super easy to use. So what are, what are the pitfalls you see? Because you're working with so many different people. What are some things, especially right now, what are some things where people kind of, kind of stumbling a little bit. So we're, we're, I'm noticing a lot of employees where they're stumbling is trying to manage everything on their own, right? They, they want to see, of course, naturally, everybody wants to do the most cost-effective approach, right? So they, what they'll do is they'll go out and post things on their own, post the job boards, and try to manage every applicant, uh, you know, and, and, and really be able to give them a fast response and have a, a system in place to have a process to, to be able to provide a, a great experience to attract them and uh, keep them during the hiring process. So really what uh, the, the big challenge with that is, is that there's a lot of places you can go, right? You can go to Indeed, right? You can go to ZipRecruiter, you can post on Google and Facebook, social media, right? So when you're doing that all by yourself, and that's the right thing to do, right? Go to those job boards. But that takes a lot of time to manage applicants coming from all those different channels, right? So the key here is, one, be everywhere all at once, right? Make it super easy for these folks to find you, right? But number two, get to them fast, right? So if you have job postings everywhere and you're trying to manage things, that everything's in your inbox, is flooded, it's going to be hard for you to get back to them soon. Uh, and so by starting off with, uh, you know, not being able to get back with them quick enough and uh, not really have a, um, uh, like a, a process in place that you treat everybody uh, and, and you, you, you have each workflow is the same. Um, you're, you're kind of just reacting to the situation, right? You, and, and in that situation, it's hard to compete because most companies nowadays have software like this, right? And uh, it's going to be very difficult for you to, um, just to manage everything on your own. Like I said, a lot of these folks are, are not HR people. Uh, they're doing the best that they can. And so that, that would be a, a big challenge that I'm noticing is everybody's just trying to do things on their own, which, which I get. I say, try it first. See if that's what you can do. But keep in mind, there are softwares and places to make things much easier for you and more cost effective. Well, well, it's funny because I think we've all, as business owners, we've kind of had to change our mentality a little bit. Because, you know, we went right, didn't we? We, we went from having lots of talent out there, and then all of a sudden, it's like we've got to move fast, right? So we've got these things, and we've got to make sure we're making it a top priority. And I noticed one of the things that your software did is it actually timed 
um, how long it took to get yep. someone through the system. Because I, I can't tell you how many owner, business owners and stuff. I lost people. I lost somebody because it didn't move fast enough. And I think that's what's happening right now. It, it's just like housing, right? Where you gotta, you gotta be a <laughs> yeah. I, I, yes. I think a lot has changed since I was looking for a job, which is a long time ago. So I, I, I think my question to Eric now, what is today's candidate looking for? I mean, essentially what, when I was looking, I would snail mail, uh, a resume and, and and then wait days. So, what is today's candidate looking for in a job? That's a great question. So, this is very important, right? Um, since it since it is a job seekers market, um, there's top three things that every candidate is looking for when they're looking at your job posting, right? Number one could be pretty obvious: compensation, right? Mm -hmm. How much am I going to get paid? You know, what what's in it for me? Uh, what do you think is number two? Culture. Very close. That's number three. Benefits. Okay. Be, yeah, benefits would be number two. And number okay. three is the culture. Culture yeah. is very important today, right? It's like, am I going to thrive in this environment, right? Is this where, um, you know, I'm going to be long term? Uh, so that's very important. And, and having that up front, having that information while they're looking at the job posting, is going to be uh, very critical for the conversion, right? Because like I said, you have jobs everywhere, which is great. That's your first start, right? But we don't want people just to look at the job. We want them to apply too. So give them what they're looking for up front and you're going to have, uh, 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 you're going to convert those views to, to actual applicants, right? So that's, that's what they're looking for, those yeah. top three things. So how, how do you, on the culture piece, how do you, I mean, the compensation seems to be, I wouldn't say easy. It's like, okay, you've got the compensation, you have the benefits. That's a pretty, those are pretty hard things to look at. But if you look right. at culture, what's your advice for franchisees on how can you show, showcase what your culture looks like, feels like? What are some of those indicators? So that's, that's another great question because I hear that all the time. Like, how do I do that? Right. I have a great opportunity. I think my culture is fantastic. How do I show the candidate that? Right. And it's your careers page. Right. Most companies have a careers page on their website. And if you're with Career Plug, we create, we, we provide that for you. Right. So with your careers page, you can, uh, you know, add you know, photos of your team. You can have videos of your team. Uh, you can have uh, language about your mission and your, in your, um, you know, your values, just have that up front, easy to, to view and absorb. Um, and that's how you do it. Because like I said, most, there, there are so many jobs out there, right? There's too many and there's not enough applicants, but they don't look, not all of them look great. Uh, so it, you can really stand out by having a, a software like Career Plug, a great careers page, and just put what they're looking for up front. That's how you do it. And that's how you get not only more applicants, but better quality applicants, because these folks see, okay, yes, this is exactly what I'm looking right. for. They get excited. Exactly. <laughs> so you kind of reel, reel it in that way. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I still hear, you know, employers say, you know, well, they have to sell me. And it's like, well, maybe a decade <laughs> ago, but now, no. Yeah, you got to sell them. You got to sell them, right? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the things too, when, when I, I noticed that, that too many times right now that, you know, you, so you get these quality candidates and a lot of times we'll fall in love with people too. We're like, oh, this is, the, this is the right person, right? This is the right yep. person. And I noticed that you also do um, assessments. So tell me about, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on assessments when you use assessments and just how that fits into the whole, into your whole process as well? So I say, in assessments uh, as much as you can, right? Because with career plug, you're going to be everywhere, right? So you're going to have a good, healthy applicant flow. What we don't want is that you have a lot more work to do, right? Uh, so what we need to do is vet them throughout the process. And one of the first steps would be assessments. So we always provide a math and verbal and a personality assessment, right? So we can get some more upfront information about them before meeting them. And number two, guess what? If they don't complete it or if they're dragging their feet, that's a really, that's, that's good information to know, 
right? Yeah. Uh, so it, it just shows how invested they are. But uh, it really helps with especially a leadership position. Um, it just really gives you a lot of information. And it's not much of a hurdle. Like applicants who are, uh, you know, going through the hiring process with companies, I mean, that's a standard thing. So I say use them as much as you can. Absolutely. So, and so you're, you're advocating doing it at the kind of at the beginning, right? So, so maybe you don't, you know, one thing, there might be some people that you don't see the talent that's there because you might be looking at like experience, right? So that's, that's one thing. And then the other would be to just make sure, you know, make sure you've got the, got the right one. If you love them, then you could say, okay, this confirms it. This confirms what I'm seeing as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's not always just one way to do it, right? It's, it's, if you're noticing, hey, you put this in the front of the process and, you, and, and people are just dropping off, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it is too much of a hurdle for that specific position. Maybe you want to put it a little bit more in the tail end, but definitely have it uh, because I think it's just a great way to just uh, be able to get more information um, that you wouldn't necessarily get in the interview or on the resume. Right. Uh, so it really depends. I would say just you know, with your specific position, you know, what, what's working for the, uh, the candidates and, and did it if you need to. Mm-hmm. Try to use all the tools as possible because it's really going to help with weeding out folks that are really not that invested. Eric, okay. uh, what is goals? For your emails or anything. That's so. it. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. So, okay, so I want to know not what it is, but I want to know what do you do about it? How can you, yeah, how can yeah. you not have that happen? <laughs> right, right. So here's the thing. What we're, what we're noticing is that if you give them the opportunity to pick the time that works best for them, right? Um, and and we, with the software, you can just send them a link and it syncs up to your calendar. And then it just gives them a few times and they pick the one that works best for them and they commit to that time. That behavior alone is powerful, right? And then and also in addition to that, make it easy for them to, you know, give you a heads up. Not everybody's ghosting you because they have, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's the bad behavior. It's not always about that. Some things do come up. It's just maybe a challenge to get a hold of you or, or type an email saying, hey, this is what's going on. Right with career plug, you can able to text back and forth really quickly, and somebody can just say, "Hey, I can't make it. Uh, is it possible to reschedule?" That person wouldn't have been able to do that if if you didn't have the ability to quickly communicate with each other. So the culture has shifted a little bit. I mean, that's not just with employment, but with other things. So people just completely disappear out of processes. But what we're learning: one, make it easy for them to tell you what's going on, and two, you know, give them the ability to pick the time that works best for them. Those two things really go a long way. It would, which kind of connects them with what you were saying earlier is that, that we're selling them as much as they're selling us. Right. So we have to meet them where they are, right? Because that's, that's, that's part of the getting them comfortable and saying, right. yeah, I, wanna, I might want to work with these people. Exactly, exactly. It, it's going back to just making it easy, right? So Career Plug not only makes it easy for the employer, but easy for the applicant too, right? So you, you have a great experience, right? They find you, they, they see your great careers page, they get really excited, they apply, boom, you get to con- you get immediately notified. They're like, wow, that was great. I was excited and I'm already uh, a candidate to go and have an interview, right? And you know, it, it's, it, that's one of the biggest things is being able to provide a great candidate experience. And this is new. This is new to a lot of employers. When I say that, they're like, what, is, what, is, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean about a great candidate experience? So this is something that is it's very important. Exactly. I think what, one of the things that uh, in talking to other employers that's happening, and it's, I guess it's similar to ghosting, except that at a delayed time, uh, a candidate signs on board, takes training, works for a couple of days, and then all of a sudden doesn't show up. You can't call them. They don't answer the phone. And what I'm hearing is, and some of the people who have been debriefed is, oh, my wife said I, I, I don't have to work anymore or I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a legitimate answer? 
I, I, I would hope not that, that you, you didn't have the conversation with your wife before you joined the, the company. They're <laughs> like, all oh. indicators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, I just got a job. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I think a lot of that is um, the, the hiring process. You know, a, 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 you know, companies typically are reactive to the situation, right? And so when you're desperate for just a body to come in, I mean, you, you overlook a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of red flags that you normally would have seen, uh, you, you kind of like, uh, but it's going to work out, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it really depends on, um, you know, your, your, your strategy. Uh, so if you're reactive to it, you're at the mercy of what you get, and you, you have to act fast. So, again, you, you may bring somebody on board that really shouldn't have been. Uh, so we always recommend, hey, be proactive with your hiring. Build up a bench of people that you could always call on if you need to, right? Because it's, I get uh, approached all the time by LinkedIn. People are just always throwing me uh, uh, um, job opportunities. Not necessarily that I'm fantastic. That just happens, right? Yeah. That just happens. Yeah. But what I do is like, hey, I'm good, and I'm having a great, great time at Career mm-hmm. Club, but I have somebody, and, and you yeah. can reach out to them, right? Uh, so it's always good to have connections and, and people that you can always reach out to because maybe that person that has already found a job, but they probably know somebody that you can reach out to. So that's what that's how I see it. When you tip, if you're having a lot of those type of hires where people are just taking off in the beginning, it's because uh, you know maybe your strategy is a bit more reactive than it needs to be. Exactly, and I think it's hard right now, right? Because people want to hire, but then they get caught in this cycle of, I want to hire, I've got to hire fast, and they hire the wrong people, those wrong people leave, and they're back mm-hmm. at it again. So yeah. it's trying to, it's balancing that. It's balancing that, being proactive and a little bit reactive. So, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, being yeah, reactive and is expensive. It, 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 it is. It's it is. expensive to, to hire somebody, onboard them, and then they're gone. You have to go back to square one. Right. I mean, that, yeah. nobody wants to go to that. I'd love to talk about your analytics. So I'd love to, I want to make sure that we talk about that because that's, analytics can be just so powerful. So thinking about, you know, all the different analytics that you have, you know, some of the measurements. So I'd love to, you know, know a little bit more about the analytics that you do, that you do, that you do have available for franchisees and how they can use those in there, you know, how they can always be thinking about hiring or just some key things that you help them with in this process. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned one uh, initially with the time to hire, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that that's a big one, right? That's how we're able to help with the franchisee, and then you know we talk with the franchisor just to make sure that say, hey, you know what? How can we shorten the time to hire, right? Um, because that's that's always a goal, and um, you know being able to show, and like I talked about earlier with it's great to get a bunch of views, right? It's great to be everywhere and people are checking out your job and they're, they're really excited. But if they're not converting to applicants, there's an issue with your posting. There's an issue with your content. Maybe your career stage is putting them off, right? So that's, that's excellent information to know. Like if your conversion rate from applicants, from views to applicants is, is poor, like, hey, maybe I'm getting 100 views, but I'm getting two applicants. Let's go in there and see what we can do. Right, because you do have a great opportunity. It's just not being sold in the right way, right? Um, and then we're able to, to identify in each one of the hiring steps. Okay, you know, we have some people that are ghosting, or we have some people that don't make it past a certain part. Okay, what's going on? We notice that uh, this part of the hiring process is is it, it, it's appearing to be a hurdle, right? So we can go in there and uh, identify where the problem is, and then uh, just adapt and see if we can uh, make that uh, a, just an easier experience or a better experience for the right. candidate. So it always goes back to that. Yeah, I'm curious um, because because you have all this amazing, these amazing analytics. Uh, are you able to even figure out, like if you think about what happened with some of the hiring trends, I mean, are you able to take a look at some of those trends and say, oh, wait a minute, this is, this is going to impact us in a few months or, you know, and able to kind of feed that back in kind of that overarching look for franchisees as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, we've been, like I said, we've been doing this uh, since 2007. So we're, we're, we always have our ears to the ground. We're always trying to figure out, okay, 
what's going to impact our clients? You know, what's going on in the market today? What's going on uh, in in the, just the labor markets? Um, what how's the economy doing? You know, all these things we're we're taking into account, right? Because it does impact, um, you know. The amount of people that are looking at jobs, the amount of people that are applying, and just the competition that the job seekers have and our clients have. So we want to give them that competitive edge, right? We want to make sure that they're able to um, be successful with our with our uh, with our software, uh, and just being able to get in front of them, right? Uh, and more mostly just being able to sell their opportunity in the way where they that an applicant can really see the value. Um, so absolutely. Absolutely. Another thing that we really want to focus on is like, okay, the last thing we want for you is that you make a fantastic hire. Like, this this person is great. How do I how do I duplicate this person, right? Yeah. The last thing we want last thing we want for you to say, but how did I do that, right? Uh, we want you to have that process ready to go so you can see, okay, where where did they come from? Which job uh, board did they come from? You know. Um, yeah, and, and then when, when they came in and said, okay, okay well, how do the assessments go? How are the scores? And every step of the way, you have a map now. So then you can just repeat that process over and over and yeah. over again, right? So um, that's, that's our goal. Save uh, money, save time. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. You don't need benefit. to reinvent the wheel every time right. you're, you're making right. a hire. And, and a lot of people do that, especially if they're yeah. doing that on their own. Because like we mentioned in the beginning, a lot of these folks are the HR people. They are the owner, right? They, there are a lot of things. And it makes sense that you're kind of trying to figure things out. You don't need to do that. Uh, you have a, a hiring software here, a career plug that's going to make things, it's just going to make your life much easier. Okay. So, Eric, I have a question for you as we close out. Besides using career plans, what are the top three things an employer can do to attract employees? So, besides using career plug, nothing. <laughs> That's it. That's the answer. Yeah. So, good luck. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it. Oh. No, just one, just just be positive, right? Uh, you know, I hear a lot of negative mindsets out there, um, and, and and you know, it is tough, and I get it. I get it, right? But the, the people are out there. They are. Right. The thing is, is that other companies are scooping up pretty quickly. Right. And and just just have that understanding. They are. Yeah. yeah. So just keep in mind that everybody is looking for the same person you are. Everybody yeah. is. Yeah. Right. So I hear this like they're not out there. They are. You're just you just never see. Them, right. Mm-hmm. So if you don't use career plug, I, I recommend you should. But, but if you don't just know that folks are out there, they're ready to work. They're, they're great at what they do. You just uh, have to get the, to them, you know, one, like I said, be able make it easy for them to find you, career plug or not, right? And get to them as fast as you can. And number three, provide a great experience um, because that's the first impression of your business. It's the first Brand. impression of your business. So yeah. if, if, if that's clunky, if that was difficult, like if it's like, wow, I – I, I, had a, I had an interview. I had two interviews. Oh, that was tough. I, I, just to get there, that was a rough experience. That's not the first an impression you want them to have, right? And surprisingly, that happens a lot. Yeah. So the last thing I will say about that is that people now can rate your business online, right? Mm-hmm. And if they, if they have a bad, poor experience through the hiring process, you better believe they're going to let people know about it's that. And that's going to ding you. Yeah. So. Um, back to using career plug, you're definitely going to want to do that because it's going to help you. <laughs> Sounds good. So Eric, how do we, how do people get a hold of you? How do they get in touch with you? Uh, so I'll leave my email address. It, it's, it's super easy. It's Eric, E-R-I-C at careerplug.com. Send me an email. Uh, if you want to learn more about career plug, if you want to know just about hiring and, and you're not ready to, to hop on career plug just yet, just Shoot me an email. My number here is uh, 512-579-0163. You can reach me on my phone as well. But, yeah, um, give me a shout. I'd love to work with y'all. And I'm also going to do a plug for your website because you actually have some really good articles there. 
I know oh, there's yeah. an article like on ghosting. There's one on toxic culture. So you provide a lot of thought, thought leadership as well as as well as the software. So. Yeah, our, our marketers are fantastic. They have great resources. So check it out. Just there's a lot of uh, good stuff there. Thank you, Eric. Thank, Thank you. you. You're nice very welcome. You. It was great to be here. Yeah. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a Y dot com. Elizabeth, you pulled it. <laughs> I, my mouth was headed toward the mute. <laughs> that was great. Like I didn't quite make it in time. <laughs> I, Sorry, you know, I, kinda, I kinda thought Fred was coming over to us, so I was already prepared, you know. But I was so entranced in Eric's presentation, I almost missed it too. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, when you're listening well, you, you gotta you gotta focus on that. It's hard to shift gears. Well, and before we get into the news, I got some comments on Eric's piece that I really want to get out. I'm just feeling it. You know, first off, Eric did a great job, and we all know that the world is looking for more employees right now. Certainly our businesses all are. And I can tell you firsthand the pain that goes with trying to find people. So anybody out there that heard this and they don't get a hold of Eric to at least have a conversation is really missing the boat because that sounded phenomenal. I love the way Karen called called out his website and all the great you know, folks if you're looking for people get a whole career plug site and take a look at it because it sounds amazing i'm going to do it when we get done here i'll tell you that um i love ray and ghosting so i'm going to recommend ray goes to the career plug website right away and read everything on ghosting because he yeah. really had a great question but i think that would be good for him and then i love I just love Eric's comeback when Ray asked him, what else should you do besides career plug? Well, nothing. Just go to career plug, right? It's such an important topic. And, you know, I I have some marketing clients in other industries, and it's the conversation everyone is having, every single one. And presenting yourself well in terms of culture, and everybody's starting to try to recognize the value of telling the story and somebody's career path from, entry level to management and showing people where they can go in your company and the culture, you know, it's, it's just become so much more important than it ever was, I think. Well, and Eric had some good points too. Um, as somebody that actively recruits literally all the time, and, and when I say me, I'm saying my organization because I don't do a lot of it anymore, but, uh, um, y- you know, you try and offer more money, and sometimes to Eric's point, there's other uh, things on an applicant's checklist that are more important to them. So you got to ask the right questions, find out what drives them and, and get in their wheelhouse if you really want to attract them. And one of the things he said that is gold, and it frustrates me so much when I'm coaching franchisees who complain they don't have enough staff, and then they get an applicant. And I say, well, when did you, when did you get back in touch with them? Well, I was busy. It took you know, two or three days, and then they were already gone. Well, yeah, because there's 10 people calling that person, right? So, I mean, you need to be on them right now. So Eric did a phenomenal job, and uh, I want to commend him for what he's doing because highly needed right now in the world that we're in. Well, it really is. Um, Anybody anybody younger than me (laughs) wants instant gratification because they've grown up in the computer age. So, if you're not moving quick as quickly as they are, you're you're off the boat. So it's something you consider generationally that the that the people in their in the generation just even below mine, my kids especially too, but their expectations are that you move right now. <laughs> and I will tell you this again from experience, you see the gray in my hair. So Ray and I have a lot in common and we think that way a lot of times. Um, 
when I was looking for jobs early on, pay and benefits were number one, as Eric said. But after that, I really didn't care about a whole lot. We weren't really into culture so much in those days. You kind of suck it up and deal with it or create your own or something, you know. But, but again, you don't know what they're looking for. I can tell you, as you and most of our listeners know, we actually bought a daycare center to provide mm-hmm. better daycare and subsidized daycare for our staff uh, as a retention and recruiting tool. Well, we have hired two or three people back that were great employees, you know, pre-COVID for a variety of reasons. And they tell me the number one reason they came back was the daycare center. Mm-hmm. Number one, because everybody else could match their pay needs and their benefit needs. And that was something nobody else had done. So again, my suggestion to, uh, you know, business owners looking to lock some people in is to find out what they are looking for, what makes their life better and find a way to, you know, contribute to it. So there you go. Absolutely. Well, moving on to your information, Jerry, you have some news. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of a word on the street with you in this segment and talk about some things that are going on in Washington that the franchise industry needs to be aware of. So let us have it. I got two things I'm talking about with you today, and they're both important to me and I think important to business owners. Number one is what in the heck is going on in D.C. that impacts small business? And number two is about money in small business, and they kind of run hand in hand. Number one, and this is hot off the presses, literally I got an email about 10 minutes before we went on air from uh, NFIB, National Federation of Independent Business, that the Senate is starting conversations about adding a 3.8% tax increase on all small business. Now, there are a couple driving factors here. Number one, they're trying to pay for the Build Back Better program, which a lot of us have heard about, and they're scrambling trying to find where to bring money in. So taxes are always one of the things they're gonna take a look at, not usually small business, but in this case it is. And the second thing is people in DC who have never owned or run a small business, really don't know what it means to run a small business. And their perception is that business owners with small businesses use it as a tax loophole to avoid paying taxes. And they're not paying taxes for uh, Medicare and some of those kinds of things. They don't really understand that through payroll that we have, we're paying that. Through the payroll we give ourselves, we're paying all of those things. And that this tax is never going to be paid by the intended person. It is not going to be paid by the small business owner. Yes, I might write the check, but I'm going to either increase my cost to my customers to make up for it. And by the way, when a small business increases their prices, they don't increase it 3.8%. They increase it 38% or 48% because they're going to get a little bit of profit on anything that they put in their cost. Um, and, and number two, uh, that if they don't do it that way or some combination, it's going to impact their employees. Because if you are in a position as a small business owner where you can't increase your price on your products and services and you get hit with another tax, you're going to, you're not going to take it out of your pocket. I will just tell you, you're not going to take it out of your pocket. So in many cases that comes out of bonuses for employees, benefits for employees, even pay increases for employees. So um, I would ask our listeners that if you're a small business owner or thinking about a small business owner, get a hold of your senator, tell them that they have to avoid voting for this 3.8% increase because it will not impact the people that they're trying to get it to impact. So that's my word on the street for the day. So your advice to the small business owners that will be affected by this is to get in touch with their senators and Congress people? Absolutely. Let them know that you've heard that Congress is considering this or the Senate is considering this and explain what you would do as a owner, how that would impact you, your customers and your employees so that they really know and they understand that it's not just an easy thing that they put a tax on small business and a small business owner sends them a check that it's gonna filter down to people that they're, they're not even considering. So yes, and I'm guessing uh, IFA, International Franchise Association, will be sending out something on it here shortly. So you heard it here first. <laughs> so stay tuned for that, check in with the IFA, but also if you need a quick access to find your Senator or Congressperson, you can go to Senate.gov or House.gov uh, to reach both branches, <laughs> both houses. And um, find the quickest way to get an email off um, and support small businesses. So, Jerry, next on our agenda, item 19. 
Item 19, and for those that don't know what item 19 is, when you uh, are a franchisee or considering to be a franchisee, you will get a document called the FDD, Franchise Disclosure Document. It's regulated by uh, Washington, D.C., and it's got to be redone every year by franchisors. Item 19 is a component, a segment of your FDD that deals with the costs and the revenue and the profits of the business that you're looking to buy, the franchise you're looking to buy. And for me, that is always the first place I, I go when I'm looking at a new FDD for a new business is what are their metrics right now? What does the last year or five years look like from the actual business owners that are running locations of that franchise? And in that, you're going to get a lot of really great information. There's going to be information on revenues, of course. And here's the thing I like about it. It's broken down into quartiles. So they're using uh, that part of the information will be the number of units they've got in their system. It'll be the number of units reporting their financial situation in their system. So you can see how many of them are engaged and how active they are at sharing information because if I'm looking at an FDD, I would like to see the majority of those locations reporting so that you know that they're engaged. And secondly, that you're getting a really good cross-section when you're looking at the numbers, not just the high achievers, but a cross-section of all of them. And to that point, it's broken down into quartiles, Elizabeth. So you're going to get the top 25%, uh, the second 25%, the third, and the bottom 25% of the ones that report. So you can look at, you know, whatever variables you want. I always look at, you know, uh, some of them are in major markets where my markets might be smaller. So maybe I don't make the top quartile because I don't have uh, the number of customers available or the population density. But uh, so if you put yourself in the second or third quartile and right there, you can get a really good feel of how you would perform in that franchise situation. So I look at that. Uh, they will list distinguishing characteristics between each of the quartiles. Uh, also, different segments of that would relate to not only revenues, but profits and costs so that you can, you can kind of move the needle a little bit on all of those categories, you know. So, uh, I'll tell you straight up what I do. Uh, if I'm looking at it being in the Midwest, I typically look at myself in the second quartile for revenue and profits. I look at the third quartile for cost because our build-out costs and uh, cost doing business and labor and those kinds of things are typically lower in the Midwest than in some of those major metro areas. So I can kind of play with some of those numbers and figure out what my potential profit might look like in that operation. And so I would suggest to our listeners and people that are looking into a franchise that uh, item 19 should be, if not the first place, one of the first places you go to. And I want them to understand what they're seeing and how to use it when they're making decisions. So Elizabeth, I've kind of spewed a lot of information. I'll turn it over to you. Well, here's one question I have. What is the requirement for franchise systems to report in the item 19? Are all item 19s created equally? Can you trust the information that it's gonna be consistent and the same across the board for each different franchise system that you're looking at? Well, you really, as a franchise or you do not want the Department of Justice knocking on your door. <laughs> so. It will be very accurate, and let me put it this way, it will be as accurate as the information sent in by franchisees. The franchisor is not gonna fudge those because they have to have documented evidence, uh, financials from uh, franchisees that have sent them in, so they're not gonna fudge. It's gonna be very, very, very accurate. Really, uh, the only variables are, as I said, the quartiles and where you think you would fit into those quartiles. Is this something that if, if I'm looking to buy a franchise and I am not familiar with the FDD, is this something I can interpret myself or is this something that I would do well to get a franchise attorney to help me interpret? Well, I think most people would do okay with it um, because it's, uh, first off, you don't have to do math. You don't have to do any of those kinds of things. You just, they'll give you an explanation as to what's in that uh, graph that you're looking at. That the, they said boxes with the different quartiles and all that kind of stuff. So they'll give you an explanation of it. And you can look at that and make your own assumptions. But to your point, talking to uh, somebody from corporate, once you've looked at the FDD, you can talk to corporate about it and get some more insight. But a franchise attorney is great. Now, again, and uh, Elizabeth, you and I and the rest of us here at Pillars have talked about this. There's a big difference between a franchise attorney and a, an attorney that does other things in the, fran in the uh, non-franchise world. 
So make sure you're talking to a franchise attorney because like Laura or somebody like that, because they understand FDDs, they understand item 19s, they can answer some very straightforward questions for you. And actually uh, they're kind of paid to find the chinks in the armor, the issues in that FDD or that item 19 and bring it to light for you to talk about. So in terms of recent events, we've had, we've had a pandemic we're bumping up against the recession. Um, there's a lot of tumult going on in the world around us. Um, when they update this every year, what do you do when something's going to be skewed? You're going to have weird, like you may have a natural disaster in one area of the country, or you may have a pandemic across the whole entire world. How are you going to look at an item 19 as someone right now looking for a franchise system and account for that and, and understand whether this is still a good investment? I, that's a phenomenal question, something I should have thought of, so thank you for bringing it up. Uh, the U.S. government, after the pandemic, actually made all franchisors go back and redo their FDD to factor in what had happened during COVID. So if you were to look at one of the FDDs today, two years after the actual onset of the uh, pandemic, you would see a year in there with potentially a very large dip mm -hmm. in some of those things. So again, going back to how reliable is it and those kinds of things. It's spot on because they had to report that. Uh, I will tell you from talking to franchisors, the government was very, very um, picky what was sent to them that year, even pickier than usual because they knew this impact and they wanted to make sure that uh, everything was on the, on the up and up when it comes to the impact of the pandemic on the item 19. So yes, now you cannot look forward and see what's going to happen during a recession. However, you can look backwards because we have a recession every eight to 10 years mm -hmm. and you can find, you can get access to those FDDs over that period of time and the item, item 19s. So you can see the ebb and flow of revenues and profits and those kinds of things for anything you're looking for out there based on what's happened in the previous recessions. So based on all that information over a historical thing, it, it will do, you would do well if you're looking for something that's somewhat recession proof or as recession proof as it can be to take a little bit of a longer view of the past than just this one year, right? Oh, absolutely. I would want to look at several years, even if it, we didn't take a recession or a pandemic into, uh, into account. Um, but yes, I would say so. And you know, um, as we're looking forward over the next two or three years, I think it's highly likely we have a recession. There are some economists talking about even a depression in the next few years. So as a business owner, a potential franchisee, uh, looking at how that business has done during recessions will give you a really good feel for how they're going to do moving forward through a recession or something deeper. Um, and there are, especially in the franchise world, there are a lot of fairly recession-proof franchise systems out there. If you are in a model that is more of a moderate price point for the end users or the end purchasers, mm -hmm. you will in a recession because cash before a recession and then when there's a paychecks being impacted they want that same product but they don't want to spend as much so they buy down just a little bit so uh, i can tell you from our experience we've seen our businesses actually grow during recessions so for somebody looking into france session uh, potential comes into play and you're really concerned i would look at several years ask some really tough questions about how that uh, that business did during the last recession and be prepared to make some decisions based on that. All right. So I have two questions to wrap us up. One, what can someone do with a pillars of franchise team? If they have questions about the FDD in general, if they have questions about item 19, how can pillars as a team help someone who wants to get into franchising? Well, there's a long list to be honest, but I think the specific to your point, um, all of the franchisees that are mentors on this page or in this group have been through a couple recessions, maybe more, right, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> so we have lived through it. We have experience with it. Uh, we can answer a lot of questions about our businesses and how it impacted it, pro or con. Um, we cannot get into a lot of detail on the FDD of the one that you're looking at, but if you have some specific questions, we may be able to give, give you some, some non-legal uh, advice and counsel on that. And of course, Laura is on our in our group, and she would certainly be able to talk to some of the legal issues coming up through that thing. So 
Pillars is a wealth of information through our mentor group uh, because we've all lived it, we've all done it, and we've all got some opinions and, so, and some advice on those kinds of things. Great question. All right, second question is our usual. Um, with all of the uncertainty going on around us in the world, is it a good time to buy a franchise? Well, you know, I sound like a, I sound like a, a clock that just come around at night, I say the same, but um, there's always good reasons for it. I think it's a phenomenal time. You know, if you uh, work for an employer and they go through a recession, it's the luck of the draw whether you're going to be somebody that continues to have a job or uh, be able to continue to get raises, your benefits might be impacted or something like that. You have zero control when you're working for somebody. If you become a franchisee and you choose the right somewhat recession-proof franchise to get into, you are likely going to ride the storm out no matter what happens. You're likely going to make the same or more money than you were in, in whatever your corporate job was. And you have total control over everything that's going on out there. Uh, and, and, and you've got the pillars team because, again, we've been through a lot of those things. We can help guide you not only as you get into and making a decision on the franchise, but as you roll it out and as you get into it. And when you run into a problem, we'll be there for you. So we're always going to say um, you should consider it. And I think right now is a spectacular time to look at buying a franchise. Thanks a lot, Elizabeth. Absolutely. Thank you, Jerry. And so to follow up on that, if you are interested or you want to talk to a mentor, please feel free to reach out to us at yourdream@pillarsoffranchising.com. Um, we want to thank you all for joining us on the show today. Our guest was Eric Morales of Career Plug. Um, please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode. Thank you to Jerry Akers and Ray Pillar, our million-dollar mentors, for their insight and wisdom. Thanks, as always, to Karen Kimsey Ford for her perspective. And thank you to Fred McMurray, our producer. I am Elizabeth Denham, and together we are your resource for franchising success. This has been Pillars of Franchising, and the dream starts here.